Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Of course, I had my draft on the weekend and I have gone through my team to explain all of my selections and my strategies and everything. I've had a lot of people that, seeing as we've been a very early draft, a lot of people have asked to see our draft board and I tried to throw it together the other day and it was just taking too much time. I I don't have time for it, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go in depth. Uh, here on the podcast going through each pick. I will do it for about the first five rounds uh, in a 14-man comp. That is a lot of players. You get a really good idea of where we're at then. For most comps that are you know, 10-man leagues, that will take up the vast majority of your players. Uh, 14-man leagues, at the very end, I can read through uh, the last you know six or seven rounds of players, but it all comes down to vibe, and a lot of those selections come down to the makeup of your team too and where you value guys, etc., gambles you want to take and very average guys that could go anywhere from pick 60 to 120 realistically so for me the first 50 or 60 uh, that are really important in your draft that's where people really care about so I'm going to go through I'll go through the first five rounds of our draft where I'll talk about each pick so uh, could take a little bit of time but round the end of round five uh, that gets us to player number 70. So the first 70 players talk about each one, have a look at who guys had and everything. I've got written down every single team here and their first three picks. So that's where it will get uh, more interesting as to who picked two for their positions. Obviously, when you're in round three, four, five, and six, all your picks are very dependent on who else you've got in your team. And I think when people comment on Instagram and send me messages, why this guy, why not this guy, you've got to keep in mind that you're building a team. Yeah, You're not just taking the best player on the board. You're building a team, so you need to have specific positions covered. You also need to take in consideration your strategy and everything. And I don't have the guys here to explain their strategy. I'm just going to assume based on the other guys that they have picked. So let's start at round 
one where it gets very interesting. Obviously, number one, Kurt had number one. He went Tom Trevojevic. Uh, pretty obvious one there. Turbo was the first pick overall. No need to explain that. Number two was Nathan Cleary. Uh, Wilkes picked Nathan Cleary. Now, funnily enough, when we finished our challenges, uh, the guy that picked Nathan Cleary, he had he actually had the first overall pick of where he wanted to draft, and he chose to go number two, which was a very, very interesting tactic. Personally, I'm not a fan of it. I would have taken Turbo. Uh, I think he's tried to outthink the room there a little bit and shit the bed, to be honest with you. But we'll see how it plays out. Number three, Steve from the Supercoach Playbook. He took James Tedesco at number three. Good pick. I had number four. I took Pappy. Number five uh, was an interesting one. We had Cody Walker go there. I thought that was far too early for Cody. He averaged... 80 points last year. I would have taken Latrell Mitchell over him any day of the, of the week. I was really surprised when Cody Walker went out at number five. Uh, Greg that took Cody Walker is a South Sydney fan, so I think a little bit of bias played into that. But for me personally, I think how, how good it was to get pick number five for him, I think Cody Walker was a bit of a bed shitting. I had him last year. I was very high on him. I think I took, took him six last year and thought that was good value. Averaged 84. I just don't think he's going to win you a comp, Cody Walker, especially without Adam Reynolds. But We'll see what happens. you got to back your gut in if Greg thought that Cody Walker was going to go big. I understand it. Not the pick for me, though. Six was Latrell Mitchell. Eamon picked up Latrell Mitchell. A good one there. A goal kicker with a heap of upside. Just got to keep on the field. I probably would have taken Latrell Mitchell at five. At seven, uh, going to John Dean. Uh, he went for Cameron Munster. Bit of upside there. Obviously, he's looking very fit, very healthy. When we drafted him, we just... Well, when he drafted him, he just watched the Melbourne Storm trial an hour or so ago. So, I think that might have... Uh, Put a bit of lead in his pencil. But I understood Cameron Munster at seven. For me, I'd rather see him go a Cameron Munster than a Harry Grant, for example. I think Munster has got more potential to go bigger, even though he's been so consistent over the last few years. I think we can all agree that there is going to be a year where Cameron Munster absolutely explodes and he's a super coach gun. And I think there's every chance that that could be this year. So I understand that pick. Number eight, uh, Mick, he went for... <coughs> Sorry, guys. Mick, he went for David Fafita here. As I said, I'm not huge on Fafita, but he is a guy with huge upside. We saw it last year. I sort of had a rule that I wouldn't really go near the Titans, and I followed that pretty closely. Uh, Pooh, I can understand him going David Fafita here, though. So he went number eight. Number nine was Harry Grant. Now, I would have pushed Harry Grant down a little bit, but I think there are worse picks than this, obviously. Uh, Harry Grant, he fell the way of Phil, who is the defending champion. He won it last year. He won it the year before, too, so he's a double defending champion. Phil had had a fair whack of beers uh, this evening and sort of did a number on himself. So I'm interested to see how the rest of his draft plays out. But Harry Grant, not a bad pick at nine. Not what I would have gone there. I would have gone for a more high ceiling sort of guy, as I've explained to you guys as per my strategy. Uh, 10 was Pete. He went for Kalen Ponga. Uh, personally, I really dislike this one. I wouldn't have had KP in the top 14. He looked good in that trial the other night. We drafted before that. I, I'm not sure if I would have taken KP round two, to be honest with you. But uh, if Pete believes that Newcastle's going to go well and KP's going to go well, you got to back your gut in. But KP in 10 was not the pick for me. 11 was Dally Cherry Evans, DCE. Alan went DCE here. Personally, I would have gone probably Ruben Garrick before him, but I can understand the DCE pick. What I think he was obviously halfback. That plays a role for some people. I don't really think like that, but I think potentially Alan might have thought I can get DCE and maybe I can get Ruben Garrick later. A lot of guys in my comp weren't overly keen on Garrick, and I, it blows me away why. It just seems ridiculous. Uh, but maybe he thought he could get the double up there. Unfortunately, he didn't because Ruben Garrick went next. Because he picked up Ruben Garrick, <clears throat> a guy that he wasn't overly keen on, 
Uh, but a guy that I think he could still win him a comp from back a comp from back there. I think Manly played the Bulldogs in round 25. I mean, based on what we saw from the Bulldogs the other night, by the end of the season, they could just be an absolute train wreck. And Ruben Garrick, he could be the top point scorer of that round. So I like the Ruben Garrick pick at 12. I know Cozzy wasn't very excited about it, which blew me away. But I think if you can get Ruben Garrick, I honestly would have taken him as high as probably seven or eight, just because I want that high ceiling guy. I think in order to beat... The teams with Latrell, Pappy, Teddy, Cleary, Turbo, you're going to need a guy with Ruben Garrick's sort of ceiling. So I would have gone him earlier. I thought it was good value at 12, but a few of the boys didn't really like it, which I thought was bizarre. Number 13 was Tommy Burns. He went Nico Hines at 13. I actually like this one. There is a lot of risk to it. There's no doubt about that. It's not a safe pick, but I like that he's gambled on Nico Hines. I think that out of the remaining guys, he's probably the the guy with the most opportunity to be a huge player, 110, 120 sort of operator. I would have considered Brian To'o here, uh, but I understand the Nico Hines pick. 14, uh, pick 14 was Jeremy last pick of the round, and Jem went for Angus Crichton. Another one I don't really understand. I would have gone for a high ceiling guy. I would have gone for a Brian To'o here, without a doubt. Maybe even a Jerome Hughes. Once again, Angus Crichton will be a solid player. I just don't think he'll do enough to win a comp. If I'm, if I'm playing in a finals week, in my team, for example, and I've got Pappy and his high ceiling player is Angus Crichton. I've got to tell you, I'm feeling pretty confident there because captain in a captain's league, it just matters so much. So that is pick one to 14. Turbo, Cleary, Tedesco, Pappy, Walker, Latrell, Munster, Fafida, Grant, Ponga, DCE, Ruben Garrick, Nico Hines, Angus Crichton. For me, uh, probably the one that I liked the least was probably... Cody Walker or Kalen Ponga. I can understand people taking Cody Walker late in the first round, but personally, I wouldn't have taken KP in the first round. So they were probably the two I wasn't overly keen on. I also didn't like Angus Crichton at 14. I would have let someone else take him, but you have got to back your gut feeling. If Jem thinks that Angus Crichton's going to score a couple of meaties this year, it could be anything for him, but wouldn't have been the pick for me. I honestly think the value pick out of all this, um, I mean, Latrell Mitchell at six is pretty good, but I anticipated he would go at five, so not huge value. I honestly think Ruben Garrick at 12 was probably the value pick here. Um, if I'm playing in a finals game against Fafita, Grant, Ponga, DCE, Garrick, Hines, Angus, the one I'm most worried about is Garrick without a doubt. So uh, he's probably the guy that I think was the best value there for Cozzy, who's a good player himself. Let's move to round two. Now, pick 15 was Jeremy going again. He got Cam McInnes here. So this is what I didn't really understand about his draft process. Another guy that had had a few brewskis that day and was in all sorts. He went Angus Crichton into Cam McInnes. So, I mean, if I had to play him in a finals game, I'm really not overly concerned by his first two picks. He doesn't have a high ceiling guy. If Angus Crichton scores two tries, he'll probably score 120 points. That's going to have to be a big day for Angus Crichton to score 120, though. He'll average 80. He'll be a 70 or 80, sorry. He'll be a really good player, but I just don't think you can win a comp with him. Same as Cam McInnes. I think he'll be really solid. Base stats will be great. They'll be super impressive, but he will not be on the radar along with some of those top players, which is what you're going to need, especially when your first pick was Angus Crichton. So going Crichton and Cam McInnes, personally, I think it's a bit of a bed shit, and I'm glad that I didn't have to look at either of those two. Pick 16 was Tommy went Jerome Hughes. Uh, I did like this pick. Tom's first one was Nico Hines, then he went Jerome Hughes. Um, the, he picked someone else a little bit later that was an interesting pick, considering uh, the positions that Hughes and uh, Nico Hines play. But I thought uh, just getting two ceiling guys, probably the best that you could have got here. Once again, Brian Toto was another one I 
would have looked at. But Jerome Hughes and Nico Hines, I thought that was a good start for Tom with good ceilings. Pick 17 was Clint Gutherson. Cozzy got him, so he paired Ruben Garrick up with Gutho. Uh, he's got Ruben Garrick, he's his high ceiling guy. Gutho will be a guy that will average, I don't know, what, 70, 80 points uh, this season, you would have to assume. He'll be safe, but another guy that I just don't think... I'll just get his numbers up, but I always look at Gutho and go, you know what, he'll keep you relevant, but he's not going to win you a comp. Uh, but uh, in saying that, Cozzy does have a guy in that team that can win you a comp as well in Ruben Garrick, so I don't mind it. Gutho had a couple of high scores. His highest score was 140. His next best was 120, so not really in that stratosphere of those top guys there, but Ruben Garrick is, so I can understand him going Gutho here. I, I like that pairing a little bit more considering he went the high ceiling. Pick 18 was Damian Cook. So Cookie went pick 18. He went to Allen, so he went DCE into Cook. Uh, a South Sydney fan, Allen. So interesting to see how this plays out with Cook. A lot of a lot of speculation about him returning to the old Damian Cook now that Wayne Bennett's gone and everything. Uh, remains to be seen how true that is, but... Hooker, there aren't many of them. Obviously, people have a very, very different strategy to me, and they try and fill those spots, which I understand that. He's probably going to be the second best hooker on the board after after Harry Grant. So I understand it. I almost said Hugh Grant there. Good God. Okay, pick 19. I thought this was the value pick of the first two rounds. Brian Toto, this was a massive one for me. Uh, I thought Pete really shit the bed in the first round with KP, but I thought he evened out here with Brian Toto. As I said, I would have taken Brian Toto potentially at the end of the first round just because of the ceiling he has. I believe in our grand final week, he plays the North Queensland Cowboys. That could be anything for Toto, especially when you consider how he finished last season. So as much as I didn't like the KP pick, he has partnered it up with Brian Toto, and I do like that matchup and that pick there. So pick 19, Brian Brian Toto, probably my favorite. Pick 20 was Sam Walker, and this one went to Phil. So he's got Harry Grant into Sam Walker. So he's got hooker and halfback covered with two guys that have ceilings. Uh, Sam Walker, obviously he can go nuclear at any point, uh, but he can also go sub-20 and sub-30, unfortunately. So it's going to be an interesting one for Phil, how this plays out. It's also going to be interesting to see the impact on Sam Walker once Luke Keary returns as well. I mean, we've seen Sam Walker 120, 163, 125, three games where he went 100 plus, one being 163. Uh, so he has got that very, very high ceiling. I just worry with Luke Keary, the sort of impact it's going to have on him. Some other scores from during the season when he played 80 minutes, 21, 11, 34, 29, 33, 43, 36. So a number of games where he was very underwhelming, but he does have the high ceiling, and I understand why uh, Phil has picked him here because he needs those high ceilings to be able to win a comp here. He knows that better than most. Last year, he picked up Ruben Garrick in about round 13, I think it was, off the top of the dome, partnered him with DCE. So he had a really good combo there of two high ceiling guys, which is what you need to win it. The next pick was Luke Keery. Luke Keery, funnily enough, uh, from Michael Powella. He went Luke Keery there at pick 21. I like this. He's dual position as well. Solely because of dual position, I probably would have gone Keery a little bit earlier than Walker. Maybe only one or two picks. Uh, but I can understand the Sam Walker pick. I can also understand the Keery pick. The other thing, as Walker pointed out the other night, obviously HIA is a worry, and Luke Keery has had a few head concussions. So touch wood. Uh, we don't have any of those issues this year, but I don't mind the Luke Keery pick at 21, especially as a dual position guy for Pui. Number 22 was Cameron 
Murray. Uh, an interesting one here. You're sort of relying on him playing huge minutes, which I think he will. Uh, we do know that when you know when guys aren't coached by Wayne Bennett, it's interesting with Bennett. He tends to get the very best out of forwards in the NRL, but he tends to cut them down a little bit as far as super coach goes. So Cam Murray's been given the captaincy. You'd have to assume he plays big minutes. Uh, I think he will be a good pick. When you look at Cam Murray and you look at JD's first pick, it was Cameron Munster. So he has got a high ceiling guy, but he doesn't have a certain high ceiling guy. We know that Munster can have a really good season and only get one or two hundreds. And even those hundreds, they aren't huge scores. He's more of a consistent sort of guy. When I looked through his scores last year, uh, he got three scores over 100. They were 100, 115, and 111. So he hasn't got above 115 last season when his team won 19 games in a row. But there is the upside of him if he believes that. If JD believes that Munster is going to explode this year, I can understand the Murray one. Hopefully he's right. Pick 23 was Eamon, and he went Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese. Personally, I wasn't huge on this one. Uh, I just worry about how many points he's going to score this year now that he's not going to be scoring as many tries. In saying that, he almost scored a double on the weekend against a very big New Zealand Warriors pack. So maybe he does score as many tries as he did last year, but personally, I doubt it. Uh, I think he could play less minutes as well, potentially. Um, Yeah, I just wasn't keen on this one from Brandon Smith. I would have probably got him the next round. And I'm willing to bet that he probably could have got in the next round. But uh, not a heap to really dive into here. He is a hooker slash 2RF. So being a hooker, that does lift him up as well. Uh, I think the worst pick of this round came at pick 24. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i. I was not keen on this one at all. Greg took this one. Um, I really didn't like Greg's first two picks. He went Cody Walker at five, which I thought was overs. Then he went Isaiah Papali'i, which I also thought was overs. I think he's reached for both of these guys. Um, yeah, I mean... He also had the option to choose where he wanted to pick. So if you knew you were going to go Cody Walker, I just I don't understand why he went so high at five. He probably could have got him at eight, nine, ten for me. So I would have dropped down there. I would have at least dropped back down to six, um, in which case he could have got a Brandon Smith, for example. I just doesn't really make a heap of sense to me what he's done here. Papa Lee is obviously leaving the Eels at the end of the season. I'm not convinced he's going to be as good as he was last year. If he is, fantastic, but I'm far from convinced on it. I could be wrong, though. 25 was my pick. I went U and Aitken. I really like his matchup for grand final week. Uh, I think he has the potential to be... I think he will be the most consistent CTW in our game this year. Uh, I think he'll finish as a top five sort of guy. Try scoring potential with a heap of base stats as well. So I was happy with Aitken there, and I just didn't think I'd get him later, realistically. Uh, Pick 26... We've got Ben Hunt. Now, Steve went Hunt. His first pick was Teddy. Uh, I, I got to talk to Steve about this after because I, I wasn't overly convinced on this one. Uh, he did go Ben Hunt because he thought he had that high ceiling. I believe Ben Hunt plays the Broncos in grand final week. So a decent matchup. wouldn't say it's a fantastic matchup, though. Uh, ben Hunt, you know, when I look at his scores from last year, he scored 132 and 116 in a season where um, he was their best player by far and away. So I really wasn't keen on this one. I'm not sure if it had more to do with him being a halfback or not, uh, but I definitely wouldn't have gone Ben Hunt this high. I would have let him slide a little bit, but once again, you have got to back your gut feel in, and if Steve believes that he's going to be a real high-ceiling guy this year, I understand it. I just think there's more attacking strike weapons in the Dragon side this year that might take some points off Hunt. Could go either way, though, of course, but yeah, I thought that was a little bit of a reach there for Ben Hunt, uh, but I also don't believe in going halfbacks this early, so it depends on your strategy, obviously. 20 
27 was Payne Haas. Uh, Wilkie went for Payne Haas here, so he's now got Haas and Cleary. Uh, this kind of smells like me last year, to be honest with you. I got a really high ceiling guy round one. Then I went a front rower in round two. Payne Haas, he is the best front rower. There is no doubt about that. Uh, but when you have a look at his numbers last year, as impressive as they were, I'm just not sure if he's the guy he should have gone there. He sort of he stopped scoring tries all of a sudden last year. He got reduced minutes here and there. I think there's more forwards um, at the Brisbane Broncos now. I think the Payne Haas should be playing 70 minutes a game. I think that's when the Broncos play their best, but I'm not convinced uh, that we're going to see Kevin Walters make that decision. Uh, I think he scored one try last year, so that was a bit of a worry. He scored a few the year before. One try with an average of 68. If he can score five or six tries, which he's definitely got that sort of potential, uh, could be a big year for Payne Haas, but I probably thought that was a little bit of a reach, but when you got Cleary as your first pick, uh, I don't hate going for Haas, but it just feels a little bit of an old-fashioned approach to me. The last guy picked in round 28 by Kurt was Ryan Madison. I wasn't overly keen on this one either. It seemed like Maddo fell out of favor a little bit last year at Parramatta. We're hearing he could play lock for the first few rounds, which I like, but it also gives someone else an opportunity to impress in the second row. He didn't really have that spot locked down for himself last year either. Uh, you could argue that Maddo, very similar to... You and Aitken that I picked from last season. Uh, I think Aitken's got more upside than Maddo, and I'm just I'm not sure about Maddo's place within this Parramatta side. Uh, but he is a guy. I mean, he got one score of 135 last year. He has got attacking upside. If he's playing 13 for the first few weeks, uh, could be anything. But yeah, I yeah, Maddo's not a guy that I would have targeted, but. Kurt's got to back his gut feel in there. So here we are at the end of round two. We're already at pick 28. Uh, the picks in this round that I didn't like, I thought that Cam McInnes at 15 was a shocker. I wouldn't have gone in this early in a draft league that's a captain's league, especially when you've picked Angus Crichton before. That one didn't really make a heap of sense to me. Um, I didn't really like the Brandon Smith one, but it's not bad value there. Isaiah Papali'i, I did not like that at all at 24. Not a fan of that. The Ben Hunt one, I thought that was a little bit overs. But, I mean, the two guys that went after him, Payne Haas and Ryan Madison, I mean, you probably could get more attacking upside out of Ben Hunt, realistically. I'll be interested to see who went round three, who was still on the board as far as halfbacks. There isn't many of them. That's the other thing that you've got to consider. Uh, okay, let's have a look at round three. Now, round three, the first pick was from Kurt. He went for Connor Watson, second row forward slash hooker. Watson could have gone anywhere from round two to round seven, to be honest with you. I'm, uh, there's a lot of mystery around his minutes and everything. I said a number of times that if you're going to draft Watson, you have to be a guy that doesn't focus on how many minutes guys are playing. Kurt's probably not that guy for me, realistically. Uh, he's also made a bet with everyone that he can't complain all season or he has to drink a heap of beers next year on draft day. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because Watson is a bit of a handful to handle. In saying that, um, Kurt's got a pretty good side. He's obviously got Tom Travojevic, so he's going to have a good side regardless. Watson does have upside. Uh, there will be times of the year where he plays halfback, 5'8", hooker, fullback, pending injuries. Uh, so, yeah, I don't mind Connor Watson there. I think he's just a back your gut and see what happens. We'll know whether Connor Watson was a good pick uh, at the end of the season, as it always is with Connor Watson. Pick number 30 was Sean Johnson, SJ. I think this was Wilkie that picked this one. Uh, Sean Johnson there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sold on Sean Johnson there. Uh, that was Wilk, so he's on Cleary Haas, SJ. I just think he's slowed down a little bit, and he's not as super coach relevant as he used to be. Uh, but once again, you got to back your gut feeling. When I saw him take SJ, I thought, okay, he'll have to get Josh Curran um, or... 
Eli Katoa. He didn't get Curran, and Eli Katoa is still sitting on our waiver wire, which has surprised me a little bit. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make a heap of sense to me. I would have made Josh Curran my priority, uh, but he might have gone before he had another opportunity. We'll get to him in a minute. But yeah, SJ's halfback 5'8", dual position. Not bad there. Uh, but yeah, an interesting one. Considering you've all already got Nathan Cleary, I probably wouldn't have gone too heavy on my halves in round three. But each to their own. Uh, Josh Schuster went pick four, pick thirty-one. Sorry, uh, that was from Steve from the playbook. Josh Schuster missing the first five or six weeks. Uh, five eight slash two RF, very handy to have. Personally, I would have gone for Olakawatu over Schuster. I managed to get him around later. But as Steve said, and he is right, he said to me after my thing about Schuster is that he's got up side if he ends up in 5-8, which I think there is the potential for him to do. Uh, it is just going to be a long wait for Schuster now. Six weeks till he returns. It'll probably take him two, three, four weeks until he's back to full match fitness. But then you will have a gun in your side and another slice of that manly side, which you do want to have. Uh, I was next at pick 32. I went Katoni Staggs, a CTW, just another high upside guy. Went in pretty early, but I just didn't want to lose him because I think he's going to be a star this year. 33, I thought this one went a little bit early. This was from Greg. He went AJ. Um, I can understand him getting AJ because he had Cody Walker. He didn't want to let him slip. So the Walker and AJ combo is a good one to have. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it will prove to it, it'll prove to give plenty of headaches this year. So probably my as much as I don't like where he picked him, he wanted him because he had Cody Walker and he stacked that combo. So good on Greg for taking a punt there. He's a Bunnies fan as well. Um, if you're going to go AJ in round three, the only possible reason why you would do it is because you have Cody Walker and he did. So a good little combo to have there. Pick 34 was Joey Manu and Eamon took Joey Manu, CTW slash fullback. An interesting one here. So he's got Latrell, Cheese and Manu. Latrell and Manu picked together in the same team. Interesting. Um... I know that Steve, who picked Teddy, wanted Manu next as a handcuff in his side. Just missed out on him. Uh, but, yeah, Joey Manu, always a good pick. If he is in this roving role this year, uh, it could prove many more points for him. So he's another guy that's a high-ceiling fellow with a good matchup, Joey Manu. So Eamon's first three picks, Latrell, Cheese, Manu. Really don't mind that. Cheese, I'm not huge on. Um, but if you've got Latrell and Manu, they're two good captain options every week. Manu on a good matchup, a very good option. Latrell, a good option just about every week, essentially. Uh, our next pick was pick 35, and uh, this was Reed Marnie, which is an interesting one. Once again, I'm not huge on hookers, but Reed Marnie went to John Dean. So his first three picks were Cam Munster, Cam Murray, and then Reed Marnie. Interesting at Parramatta, probably not a guy I wanted a slice of, uh, but there aren't too many good hookers. And if you want to get one early, you have got to pay a price for it. Pick 35 was Will Kennedy from Michael Puella. I thought this was his most interesting one of the draft, to be honest with you. I thought he drafted a really, really good side here. I was very impressed with the team that he came out with. This pick did surprise me a little bit, uh, but... You know, there probably weren't many guys on the board still that had huge upside. So Will Kennedy still finished last year with a 65-point average. I just wonder if last year was the best footy that we'll see out of Will Kennedy. But with Nico Hines walking to this side and a couple of new pieces, the Sharkies could improve. Only thing with Will Kennedy is that he only went above 100. He went above 100 three times last year, 123, 100, 104. I mean, around three pick there, I can understand it. Not a guy that I was huge on, though. Uh, but once again, got a back your gut feel in there. 
Will Kennedy. He improved last year. He could improve again this year. 37 was Reese Walsh. Uh, this one was picked up by Phil, I believe. Reese Walsh, just checking. Yeah, Phil got him. I actually kind of like the way that Phil's gone about his side. Reese Walsh, um, I thought he'd go a little bit earlier than this. I thought someone would take a big punt on him early. I think Phil's got him in about the right space here. Reese Walsh is a really good player. I had him last year. I love him. Uh, but he probably isn't the extremely high ceiling guy that I think people talk about him like he is. Um, a couple of hundreds last year. I think he went, he got 300s, 100, 129, 101. Uh, but he's more than capable of going sub 50. He can do that quite often. He normally does it once every three or four weeks, uh, which is the reality of him. So getting him round three when he has got that high ceiling, I understand it. He's going to miss the first two weeks, I believe. Uh, but Phil will deal with that and move on. So I didn't mind him there. Uh, if he would have gone any earlier, I, I probably would have said it was too early. 38 was Matty Burton, one that uh, I'm not too sure about. Pick 38, though. If he if he goes as good as we're antis- uh, as he can, uh, 38 could be a steal. It could also be overs, though. So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into this Canterbury side. Always a risk picking spine players coming from gun teams also when they're playing center, going to wooden spoon sides that also based on the trial don't look like they've improved massively either. So he will be an interesting one one to watch, Matt Burton. Similar to Connor Watson, he could have gone anywhere from pick 30 to about pick 50. It just depends who is keen on him. So that one went to Pete, Matt Burton at pick 38. Pick 39 was Zach Lomax, the gift. Uh, Zach Lomax went to... Who did he go to? Allen. So his first three picks, DCE, Cook, and Lomax. Lomax has got upside. I just prefer my strike upside guys to be from good teams. But the Dragons, uh, they're probably not as bad as what people think. Lomax will goal kick. He's probably their main attacking strike weapon out in the centers. So interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much ball he gets off of Monet. He's definitely a run first uh, sort of guy. Pick 40, I thought this was good value. Jerome Luai obviously wasn't keen on chasing halves, but we know the stats to back up Jerome Luai about Games without Matt Burton, he improves a lot. Games with Cleary, he tends to score score better and whatnot. So there is a lot of things that point towards Jerome Luai having a big season to get him at 40 here. Uh, I can understand that one. That was Cozzy. He's gone Garrick, Gutho, and Luai. So pending, you know, Garrick going big every week, hopefully. Uh, he'd probably be a skipper. Then his captain, vice captains would be Gutho or Luai pending uh, the matchups every week. So I don't mind this one. 41 was Josh Curran. This is probably where Wilkes wanted to pair up with Sean Johnson. Missed out. Tom got Josh Curran. I think it's a good little pick. He's just re-signed with the club as well. Uh, really burst onto the scene last year. Hopefully locks down that edge spot and plays 80 minutes there. If so, I think it's a really good pick. When you have a look at Tom's first two picks, he went Hines, Hughes, and then he backed it up with, with the Josh Curran. So high ceiling, high ceiling, solid second row with high ceiling, sort of similar to some of the guys that I picked up. 42 went to Jeremy. He went for Tavita Pango Jr. And this was my problem with Jeremy's side. His first three picks were Angus Crichton, Cam McInnes, Tavita Pango Jr. I am not concerned about him in finals, to be honest with you, based on those first three picks. they They're guys with ceilings, but... I mean, their ceiling is probably 110 if they score a double, and that's just the reality of their situation. Tavita Pango Jr. didn't stand out in their trial the other night. We know consistency has been a big issue for a long time. Cam McInnes, 
He's an absolute workhorse. He's walking into a new team with a stacked forward pack coming off an ACL. Angus Crichton, he's obviously the, the, the absolute gun out of these three. Uh, but I would rather probably the right side back row. I wouldn't rather Satili over Angus, but I think Satili's got more upside. And I wouldn't be surprised if we record their top five or six biggest scores for the year. I think Satili will get as many as Angus, and I got him two or three rounds later. So interesting to see how that one plays out. That rounds out round three. So just to remind you, Connor Watson at 29, Sean Johnson, Schuster, Tony Staggs, Alex Johnston. That's a high pick, but it was to pair up with Cody Walker. Joey Manu, Reid Marnie, Will Kennedy, Reese Walsh, Matty Burton, Zach Lomax, Luai, Josh Curran, and Tavita Pangai. Now, they are the first three rounds. We're going to go through the next two and have a look at the guys that were picked there. We'll probably go through these ones a little bit quicker, and then I'll just read out to you the rest of the sides, pending how, how long it takes. We'll see how, how many minutes. What are we at? Half an hour already. Good God. All right. Round four kicked off with Daniel Tupu going to Jeremy. So he had Angus McInnes, TPJ. Thank God he went for a CTW here. I was watching him very closely when he was making this decision and just thinking, good God, please go for a guy that worries me. Daniel Tupu worries me. Yeah, on a good Roosters matchup, Toops can do absolutely anything on a bad week. He'll get you 40 points. So I actually thought this was a very good value pick. And I thought this was one that Jeremy desperately, desperately needed. If he didn't get this one, I would have been very, very worried about his side. I know that I played Tupu in a final last year. He scored three tries. He went 112. Uh, he only got 300s last year, but he can go big for a round four pick in a top quality team like the Chooks. He can score a lot of tries in a lot of game in a lot of games. So still a fifty nine average from last year to get a CTW with the upside of Tupu. Probably wasn't his best season last year either because they were missing so many troops. Get all, all the guys back, and it could be anything for Daniel Tupu. So I like that pick by Jem. I thought that was a reasonably good recovery after a pretty average first three rounds. Next one was Abby Curacao. That one went to Tom. Didn't understand this pick. I, you wouldn't pick Abby Curacao unless he was a hooker. That's using my mindset. I just don't think it was really worth it. He's leaving at the end of the season. Mitch Kenny might start to get more and more minutes. Uh, I just think this one was a bit of a bed shit, to be honest with you. Uh, but... Tom has got Heinz, Hughes, Curran. So he's got his halves covered. He's got a back rower. Went with Happy to cover hooker. This is why I don't like going hookers early because I think it's, it's a wasted pick, to be honest with you. Our next one was Jesse Ramian. He went to... Who did he go to? Cozzy. He had Garrett, Gutho, Luai. I love that he's gone Jesse Ramian, another high upside guy. He'll be playing down the right edge, uh, which I think will be pretty strong for the Cronulla Sharks. So I back that. 46, another guy that could have gone anywhere. Jason Tau Malolo. Very interesting one one here. Um, Lolo, you know, he could be up or down. It's a bit of a punt. I think we'll, similar to Connor Watson, we'll know at the end of the year whether that was a good pick. Went pretty poor last year, still averaged 57. So see how it plays out. Our next one from Pete was very interesting. He went Jamal Fogarty. Um, I don't know. From what I heard on draft day, he actually meant to go Toby Sexton. How you make that mistake? I'm not too sure, but if anyone's going to find a way to make that mistake, it is Pete. So a bit of a bad shit there for him. Um, I mean, yeah, Toby Sexton would have been better to get. Fogarty, I don't really understand the pick there. I don't think uh, going to the Canberra Raiders probably helps his cause all too much, to be honest with you. It's not a terrible pick at 47, but I wouldn't have gone in there. Um, yeah, I mean, Toby Sexton, I probably would have liked him getting him a little bit more. Fogarty still averaged 59 last year. Uh, has got big scores in him, obviously. I just I think he probably loses the goal kicking to Jared Croker, which will hurt him. Um, yeah, and he probably won't be as free-flowing at the Canberra Raiders as he was at 
the Gold Coast Titans, in my opinion. But might not be a bad pick at the end of the day. But he did mean to go Toby Sexton there. And it'll be interesting to see where Toby Sexton actually went. Uh, the next one is 48, Connor Tracy in the in the center wing. Center wing slash 5'8", so he is a little bit valuable there. Uh, I believe that one was by Phil. Uh, yeah, not a bad pick. The next pick at 49 comes with a bit of risk from Michael Puella. But once again, I really like his side and I like the gamble he's taken here. Paul Momorowski at 49. If he is a center in the Sydney Roosters side goal kicking, he will be an absolute star and he will be a guy that will really push for a top five CTW finish. So I like that punt by Michael. Mitch Moses went 50. Uh, another guy, you just get him because he's halfback. Uh, average was, was decent last year. I just don't see him getting much better. I think that I had him a couple of years ago and I think that'll be his peak season. And I think even at his peak, his average was like 62. Under the new rules last year, he averaged 58. Uh, you probably would have hoped he did more, but he's a halfback. They're valuable. His half partner went next. Dylan Brown went to Eamon. I think that's a pick that's been influenced by the weekly rub down. Uh, only had two tries this last year and averaged, you know, 55 or something like that. Something that was pretty damn impressive. What did he average? 53. 53 according to Supercoach stats. So with two tries, there's plenty of upside there, obviously. I'm just not sure if this is the year that he explodes and goes to that next level. Pick 52, Blake Braley, an interesting one here as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I've always said I think there will be a season where Blake really explodes. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year. Uh, he's a 50-point hooker. It's a good get. I wouldn't say it's a great get, though. Uh, you've obviously got Jaden Beryl there who will be putting a bit of pressure on him. Whether they maybe share the role a little bit later, I'm not sure. But don't mind the Blake Braley pick. But I, I personally, it's a little bit uh, of a reach for me. I then went Olakawatu. I was really happy with this one at 53. I thought it was really good value. 52 was Jack Bird. Uh, that one went to Steve. Jack Bird, if he does play 13 or plays in the middle, uh, plenty of upside there in Jack Bird. I think Steve's got quite a few dragons in his side. So that's going to be a tough watch for him this year. Uh, but Jack Bird, if you can play him in the CTWs and he's playing 13 or in the second row, you can guarantee 50 points a week with the high attacking upside that Jack Bird does have. Fingers crossed gets through this season injury-free. 55 was Hudson Young, an interesting one here, Hudson Young. Uh, a guy that I probably wouldn't have chased too heavily. There have been rumours that he'll start in the second row. Even if he does, I think it's a matter of time till him and CHN swap and change a little bit. Uh, Ricky has different flavours of every single month. So Hudson Young, you're playing Ricky Stewart roulette there. Uh, I've got no interest in it. But if Hudson Young plays 80 minutes, uh, like we've heard some pages say from sources that can't be named but are trustworthy or whatever, uh, then it could be a really interesting one there. But personally, I don't really buy into the whole Hudson Young locked in for 80 minutes and the people that I've spoken to at the Raiders uh, say that that's definitely not the case. Uh, 56 is Adam Reynolds. He comes in at halfback there. Don't mind this pick. I just don't think he improves too much in Brisbane. He might. There could be a little bit of upside, but I think whatever upside he gains from being the main man, 
I think he probably drops back a little bit just because they'll score less tries and he'll kick less goals realistically. So I think you'll end up with a very similar average to Adam Reynolds. I can't really see it getting better up there in Brisbane, but that remains to be seen. That is the end of round five. So round five... Sorry, that's round four. When Daniel Tupu, Api Curacao, Jesse Raymond, Tao Malolo, Fogarty, Tracy Momorowski, Moses, Brown, Blake Braley, Ola Kawatu, Jack Bird, Hudson Young, Adam Reynolds. Uh, best picks of that round. I, I really like Daniel Tupu at 43. I think that's really good value. Uh, I really like Paul Momorowski at 49. That's sensational. I went Ola Kawatu at 53. Uh, if Momorowski was there at 49, I would have been all over him at 53. There was actually a number of guys that Michael Puella snatched from me uh, on Supercoach. That was a bit filthy at him. He was three or four picks in front of me and always sort of dusted me on a couple of guys. This was one of them. We'll, we'll get to more later. Uh, guys that I was very keen on, so maybe he's been tuning into the podcast. If you are listening, hey, Mick, all the best this year, mate. Got a very fucking good team. All right, let's go to round five. The first guy picked at pick 57 was Corey Thompson. Uh, solid guy out there at the Gold Coast Titans. Should base that well. 58 was Val Holmes. Another interesting one here. Playing center, I'm not too sure, but 58 could be value for him. If he ends up playing fullback, you're pretty happy with that. Kevin Graham at 59. Thought this was good value. If something happens that he ends up at the left center spot, this will be an absolutely golden pick. Uh, that's what I would do, but it doesn't look like South Sydney are going to run down that avenue. I wish they would, though. I got Satili Tupanoa at 60, just with his attacking upside. I really like him. Uh, 61 was Toby Sexton at halfback. Uh, a bit of a gamble there, but he does have upside. We have seen him score well. He will be matchup dependent when he has got good matchups with the goal kicking and the running game he has. Uh, really like the look of Toby Sexton. Uh, I think he'll be pretty safe there because there's really not many other guys to jump in at seven, considering Tanner Boyd is essentially playing hooker now. 62 was Kulam and Tungy. Uh, averaged 60-odd points last year. At on the left edge. There's rumors that Jai Arrow could play on the left. I think Cullum and Tungy will stay there. I think you'll get another 60-point average there. Um, if Cody Walker starts to use him a little bit more, could see more attacking upside, but that remains to be seen. 63, Luke Thompson, front row forward slash 2RF. few more mouths to feed in this Canterbury pack, but I think at 63, that's still a very solid pick there. Adam Dewey is going to be injured for the first few weeks. Another good pick from Michael. Another guy that I sort of have my eyes on. I am worried that he plays in the centers instead of playing 5-8, which will hurt him. But uh, the other thing, which I'll talk about when we get to it, Michael also picked Jackson Hastings, so that sort of made sense. He sort of handcuffed himself there. Hastings, another one that he fucking stole off me too. Josh Papali at 65. Eh, don't mind it. Uh, he is slowing down season by season, though, in my opinion. 66 was Tessie New. He, of course, is missing the first two weeks. And uh, if I was a Tessie New owner, I'd be very, very worried about giving Selwyn Cobbo a couple of weeks in the fullback spot. That one could come back to really bite him in the ass. AJ Brimson at 67. Um, you might get value there at 67. That's pretty deep. Fullback slash 5'8", covers some pretty key positions. Will have big moments for the Titans, but... Uh, personally, I think Supercoach-wise, he is much more suited to playing fullback uh, than he is playing 5'8". He's playing 5'8 this year, and when you look back at his fullback numbers last year, pretty disappointing. Uh, never scored over 100. I think he got three 90-point scores. Uh, but, yeah, pretty disappointing as a whole. I was very high on him last year, and 
Uh, I was happy to let someone else take him. Glad I didn't have to deal with that. Pick 68 was Jordan Rapana, CTW slash fullback, Brian Kelly. CTW was the next one after that. Don't mind those two. Uh, and then Junior Paulo, he went pick 70 to Jeremy. So very interesting. Junior Paulo, a little bit disappointing as far as Supercoach goes last year. Uh, came into the season a lot of people very high on him, expecting big, big minutes. Uh, it's pick 70. I don't mind the value, but once again, I look at Junior Paulo, uh, just getting his average up now. I don't remember being overly impressed with him last season. Uh, Jackson Paulo, I want Junior Paulo. Yeah, average 56 last year. I mean, the guys that I got uh, in the last three rounds, I think will average 40 five to 55 so uh, to get them 12 rounds later 12 13 rounds later uh, I would much rather do that personally all right that rounds out round five so just to read through those again Corey Thompson Val Holmes Campbell Graham Satili Tupanua Toby Sexton Kulam and Tungy Luke Thompson Adam Dewey Josh Papali Tessie New AJ Brimson Jordan Rapana Brian Kelly Jr. Paulo uh, I'll now just go through the remaining rounds and just read them out to you and then just tell you which one stood out to me as good picks so round six this was from number 71 to 84. 71 was Joey Tapanay, Xavier Coates, Mitch Barnett, Isaiah Yo, Tyrell Sloan, Jake Javoyevic, Jackson Hastings, James Fisher-Harris, DWZ, Tyson Frizzell, Kevin Naguama, Tohu Harris at 82, Dylan Edwards at 83, Adam Fanua Blake at 84. Straight away, the standout to me is Adam Fanua Blake. I thought that was good value for him. As much as I didn't want to go near front row forwards, I thought Adam Fanua Blake looked unbelievable in his trial. He's got huge upside. Tohu Harris at 82. We're hearing he could be out for the first few weeks. I've heard rumors he could be back round one, though. So that could be a good little get. I got Naguama at 81. Bit of a punt there. Um, what have we got? DWZ at 79. If he would have paired him up with Sean Johnson, I would have really liked that one, but he hasn't. I think just Jackson Hastings at 77 being a dual position guy, I think he'll average 55 to 60 points this season. I'm assuming he'll get the goal kicking. That could be a good little gem to get there. I think Tyrell Sloan at 75, I think he's going to be a bit of a trap. Uh, granted, he scores a hell of a lot of tries, but I just don't think he's going to be able to keep up the strike rate that he has, as special as he looks, uh, and he does struggle to score base stats. So you're relying on the Dragons scoring a lot of points and Sloan scoring a lot of points as well. Xavier Coates at 72. I think that's where about where he should have gone. Probably same as Joey Tapanay. Um, but Joey Tapanay looked unreal in the All-Stars game, so there could be value there. The pick of round six for me, though, was probably Adam Fanua Blake for value at 84. Uh, let's go to round seven. And this was from pick 85 down to 98. 85 was Luciano Lolua. Then we had Stephen Crichton, Jack White, and Isaac Tago, Josh Adokar, Olam, Kikau, Josh Jackson, Tino, Matt Dufty, Nathan Brown, Jai Arrow, Jaden Campbell, and Dane Laurie. Very interesting round. This one, uh, for me, I really liked my pick, Isaac Tago at 88. I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased. Josh Adokar at 89 will be an interesting one. Probably whereabouts he should have gone. Last night worried me, though, watching Cam. Canterbury. Kickout at 91. Uh, he is a guy with huge upside. This Penrith side will be very good again this year. So as much as he's up and down, if, if he can hit his his good form at the right time, Kickout at 91 could be anything. Uh, Matt Dufty at 94. I think that's a good get. Matt Dufty's not a guy that we put in the top caliber of Supercoach fullbacks, but he can definitely perform to their level. Would have scored very well last night. I thought Jai Arrow at 96 was a good little pick too. I like that one. 
Now, Jaden Campbell, he went 97th. The guy that took Jaden Campbell, his first two picks, uh, they were Nico Hines and Jerome Hughes. And this is where you've got to be careful of your positions because now he can only play two of those three guys every week. So that's something you need to be aware of when you're drafting. As much as someone might be the guy on the board that you really like, if they can't fit into your team, they're probably not the dude for you. Uh, but injuries and stuff do happen. It could pay dividends. We'll see how it goes. Round eight. Pick 99 was Herbie Farmworth, then Christian Walsh, Reese Robson, David Nofaluma, Josh Hodgson, Jason Saab, George Jennings, Nick Meany, Bradman Best, Jermaine Asako, Britton Nakora, Tom Starling, Mace Finu, and Cody Nikarima. Uh, here, guys that stood out for me, I thought Christian Walsh was a good get at 100. Um, who else was here? Bradman Best, you got him late, but injuries are such a worry there. Jermaine Asako, I don't like that pick. I'm not sure if he'll even play first grade all that much this year. If he ends up at Parramatta, like the rumours circulating. That would be a decent little get. He could goal kick there as well, maybe. Uh, Britton Nakora, I got him at 109. Bit of a punt there, but I, I think that's good value. Tom Starling's a really interesting one. The next three guys are interesting. Tom Starling, Nace Finu, and Cody Nikarima. Now, Tom Starling, as much as he's going to be a bench hooker, if Josh Hodgson leaves, or Josh Hodgson gets injured, suspended, all of a sudden, Tommy Starling... I think he could be a 65 to 70 point hooker every week. If he's your second hooker that you've got, I think that's an unreal little gamble. It's a wait and see if it pays off. That will pay huge dividends for Steve. I like that one. He's a Canberra fan as well. Nace Finu, uh, he's got his court case coming up. If he gets cleared, that'll be a really good get. You'll probably have to wait a little bit for him to hit his top form. But by the back end of the season, that could be another guy that's a 65, 70 point hooker. Cody Nicarima, dual position hooker slash 5'8". Kirk got this one. I think he's going to win the 5'8 jersey at the New Zealand Warriors. So I really like that pick there at 112. That's round eight. Let's go to round nine. Apologies if you can hear it, guys. The rains have just started coming down out the front of my place. You might be able to hear it in the background. So I apologize for that. Round nine. Uh, our first guy picked at 113 was Selwyn Cobbo. Filthy, I missed out on that one. Really liked that pick by Kurt as well. 114, Matt Moylan, Taylor May, Lachlan Ilias, Mo Fodawaka, Lindsay Collins, Daniel Saifidi, Marty Tapao, Siwa Takiaho, Liam Martin, Chancellor Clockstead, Sione Katar, Remus Smith, and Ruben Cotter. Uh, the guys here... No huge standouts for me. I think Taylor May could be a really good one for Steve. I think he will land on the right wing. Selwyn Cobbo's a really good one too, actually. I like those two. Ilias, I didn't mind my pick, but he's a punt. Could go either way. Daniel Saifidi at 119 was a decent one, but he's a front row forward. Martin Tapao has just consistently dropped a few points every year. Liam Martin, I thought Liam Martin would go higher than this, but I think this is a reasonably fair get for Liam Martin. I think this is where he should be, around the 120 mark. Uh, Ruben Cotter at 126, I've been very high on him. If he gets the 13 jersey and everything that I predicted earlier actually happens, that'll be a really good get for Jem. All right, round 10. At pick 127, Morgan Harper. Then we had Jackson Paulo, Adam Elliott, Mike Civo, Radley, Mulatalo, Jordan Piera, Ravalawa, Jordan Ricky, Dane Gagai, Scott Drinkwater, Suwali, Pat Garrigan, Hadawira, Naira. Couple of guys here that if the right thing falls their way for teamless, they could be anything. The first one, Adam Elliott. If he was to play at 13, I think that'd be a really good pick. Looks like he'll be on the edge, so I've gone a little bit cold on that. Uh, Mike Civo, he will return halfway through the season to the Parramatta side. I don't mind having a stash like that at 130. He would have gone earlier if he was fit. Jordan Piero, this is probably my pick of this round. I really like this one at pick 133. Uh, I thought 
draft day, he had locked himself in for a starting spot there. I thought I could go a little bit later. Poo, I'm sure he listens to the fucking podcast. I'll tell you that much for free. Uh, he managed to get him as well. So this is about the sixth guy that he's stolen off me that I was keen on. Really good pick there. Um, who else have we got? Suwali, I like that pick there. If he gets into the starting team, if he doesn't, he will in bits and pieces and you just pick him and play him whenever. And Hadawira Naira, pick 140, like this one. I don't think he's in the team right now, but it's probably a matter of time until he is. And when he is, uh, that'll be a gun little pickup. So don't mind that one. Let's go to round 11. All right, round 11 started off with the hammer at pick 141, followed by Raymond Fitala Mariner, Billy Smith, Jake Avarillo, Alex Twole, Chris Randall, Xavier Savage, Billy Walters, Jack DeBellin, Tyrone Peachy, Jazz Tavega, Braden Trindle, uh, Amone and Albert Kelly. The pick of the bunch here by a country mile for me has to be Billy Walters. This is before he played his trial and fucking shocked me. Michael took this one too. Michael Puella, you're going to have one hell of a team, mate. Coming in at 148, I thought that was the pick of the bunch for this group here. Raymond Fitala Mariner has upside. Hammy, you're playing good matchups, but Cowboys aren't going to have many good matchups, to be perfectly honest with you. Outside of that, didn't really love any of these picks. None of them really stand out to me. Round 12 uh, at pick 155. Now, this might turn out to be one of the picks of the draft. A guy that I've had a couple of times. I didn't believe he'd play the role that it looks like he's going to. Kurt Mann, 5'8", slash center wing, and at the moment, he's playing lock forward for the Newcastle Knights. If he plays 55 to 60 minutes, I think he will average 55 to 60 points. He was going berserk last night with attacking upsides. So Kurt Mann by Jeremy, a really good pick at 155. The next two guys, Hylam Lukey, Stefano, Kurt Capewell, Matt Lodge, Sean Lane, Tariq Sims, Ken Mamalo, Luke Brooks, Felice Cafusi, Matty Tomoko, Moses Suli, Kyle Felt, Nelson Asafa Solomona. A lot of front rowers there, none that I'm overly huge on realistically. I thought the two picks of this round, the first one I think is Kurt Mann. In hindsight, I think the next two best, I got Matty Tomoko. If he starts at right center, I think he'll be a base stat weapon. But of course, Moses Suli went this round too, and I actually chose Tomoko over Suli. I just, I worry about the consistency of Sulo, but Matty Tomoko is far from locked into a spot there. So Sully, he could be a huge grab for Steve there. Let's move to round 13, flying through the back end here. Guys that went in this round, Aaron Shoup, Andrew McCulloch, Paul Vaughan, Jacob Saifidi, Lachlan Croker, Will Penasini, Kenny Bromwich, Greg Marshew, Wonga Blake, David Klemmer, Murray Tuolagi, Jaden Sullivan, Anthony Milford, Nick Kotrick. Don't mind the Nick Kotrick one returning to Canberra, pick 182. If he's your fourth center wing, you've done pretty well there. Greg Marshew, same sort of situation. I like that. Will Penasini, if any of these guys are your fourth center wing, I think you've done well there. Paul Vaughan, 171. On the day, I thought this was really good value. Watching Paul Vaughan play last night, Got to tell you, I'm not overly convinced. Uh, let's go to round 14, getting to the back end here. Pick 183. I thought this was decent. Jeremy got Jaden Braley. He's going to miss the half of the, the first half, but he will come back in the back end. So you can sort of AE hooker until he returns. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai went 184. Then Ty Wilton, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Toby Rudolph, Brad Parker, Ezra Mann, Peter Hiku, Isaac Liu, Charlie Staines, Cooler, Ethan Bullimore, Luke Garner, Matt Ikevalu. I thought the interesting 
one here was Matty Kavalu. If he manages to get a spot uh, in this Cronulla Sharks team, he's got good base stats, and I think they will uh, score a few points this year. I think they'll be a top eight side. So Ikevalu, he could be anything. Outside of that, no one hugely standing out to me. There's a couple of punts like Ezra Mam and Kula. It could be anything, but we have to wait and see what happens with them. Jaden Braley, probably the pick of the bunch. If he can get back to his form from the start of last season, getting him there will be huge. Round 15, we've got a Tony Hayes-Dunster. Unfortunate there, Hayes-Dunster already out for the season. Carl Lawton, Jack Howarth, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Chanel Harris-Tavita, Elliot Whitehead, Jacob Little, Wade Graham, Philip Sammy, Rhea Hargraves, Mansour, Brett Naden, and Nia Corey. I liked Naden at the time, looking at his stats, not overly impressive. The one that could be the pick of the round, and he could be the draft of the draft, to be honest with you. Number 208, Joshy Mansour. If Mansour gets back to his absolute base stating best, as much as he'll be on the right wing, he could be a really good CTW to have, especially a pick 208. I got him at the Panthers a couple of years ago uh, when he was... I don't think it was this late. I think it was about round 10 or 11. Uh, but he absolutely brained it that year. So potential is there. I think Wade Graham's not a bad pick if he plays the whole season there. Elliot Whitehead at pick 203. If he plays lock forward like we're hearing, he could be interesting. Chanel Harris-Tavita, halfback slash 5'8". I really like that pick at 202. Jack Howarth, I got at 200. Uh, I don't know how relevant he will be. If he is relevant, though, he could be anything. Hayes Dunster, I thought that was a good pick at 198. Unfortunate that he got injured just the day after. Renu Fatoni at 197. Really like him in real life. Not overly keen on him in Supercoach, though. I don't think he'll be relevant enough. Round 16, pick 211. We're getting deep. Corey Allen, Sam Verrills, Jake Clifford, Josh Elliott, Ockenborg, Gamble, Aaron Penne, Bailey Simonson, Walker, Tane Milne, Blake Laurie, Hetherington, Tom Burgess, Ben Trevojevic. A couple of punts that could pay dividends. Ben Trevojevic is one. Jack Hetherington playing in the second row. For me, his stats just aren't there, but occasionally he has games that give you hope. Uh, you know, for a round 16 pick, you're not gaining it. You're not going to lose anything if he goes to shit anyway. Sam Verrills, Jake Clifford, don't hate them. Jake Clifford, a dual position guy. If Newcastle go better than what I'm anticipating, he'll be a goal kicker there. He will do well. Uh, Aaron Pennant, the Warriors, I like. It's just a matter of minutes there too. Let's go to the very last round. Good God, there should be some degenerates here. It's actually headline with a pretty good player, 225, Dale Finucane. Obviously, he didn't score extremely well um, at the Melbourne Storm over the last few years. He's only second row forward as well. If he was dual, you'd probably bounce him up a couple of rounds. But I think he'll average 45. I don't think he'll score many tries. He could play less minutes at the Sharks than the Melbourne Storm too. So not a bad round 17 pick. See what happens. Uh, Corey Oates, Paul Alamonte, Bailey Biondi Odo, Jaden Sewer, Blake Taft, Jared Croker, Ryan Sutton, Braden Burns, Soren. Ash Taylor, Jared Wallace, Cohen Hess, and Paseca. The guys from the last round, I think Ash Taylor's a decent punt at 5'8 slash halfback. If he gets a heap of upside and he manages to win that spot, I doubt he will. But injuries can happen and he's worth having. Um, I think Jared Croker, a pick 231. He scored a try on the weekend. He was kicking goals. He looks like he's doing a little bit better than what he was last year. Even if he doesn't get back to his best, if he ends up being a center wing that averages 45 to 50, to get him at 231 with goal kicking duties, I like that. Uh, Blake Taff. I think he'll be Jersey 14. If they have a few injuries, though, he will be very interesting. Paul Alamotti, I liked the pick at the time, but I think he probably knocked himself down a couple of pegs, unfortunately, in Canterbury's um, system last year. But it was Steve's 227th pick, so it actually doesn't matter in the fucking slightest. It was a gamble that I think was worth taking. Now we're just sending him back to the waiver wire and grab someone else. Corey Oates at 226. If he gets a spot in that Brisbane team, that could actually be a really good pick. I don't think he'll be in the side come round one. 
But with the Tessie New injury, you might see him sneak in there, and that might be a decent pick. So that rounds out our entire draft board for draft day 2022. Very long one here. Hopefully you took a little bit out of it. I think the first six to seven rounds are the ones that actually matter. I went really in-depth there. But then I also let you know guys that went late on our draft day that I thought were good value. And a lot of guys that I think went early that they probably shouldn't have. Once again, as I said a number of times during this podcast, you have got to back your gut in on draft day. I've given you my gut impression of every single player that was drafted or at least where they were drafted and my thoughts on guys that I thought deserved a bit of talking about. So hopefully that can help you with you on your draft day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.